Los Angeles. What's going on, Ramley? Welcome to the Rams Skinny here on the LA Football Network. Joining me as always, the right-hand man, my man, Ryan Skinny T. Anderson. We're going to be talking all things Rams Cowboys today as the Rams travel out to Dallas to take off the boys. What's up, brother? How we doing? Not great, man. I My sore throat has turned into a cold, so I am dealing with a, a little bit of a... Uh, a, a foggy head and a sore throat, a scratchy voice. So I apologize out there, but I'm not Bijan Robinson. I'm in the game. I'm in the game today. <laughs> nice. Well done. Well done. Uh, well, yeah, I appreciate you uh, powering through. Hopefully we get through this quickly. You can get some tea and go back to sleep, uh, but it's going around, you know, coach Lincoln Riley of the Trojans was out with pneumonia for the first oh. two days of practice. First practices he's missed uh, in his 20 years of coaching, he said on his press conference this morning. So it's going around. So hopefully we don't have pneumonia. Hopefully it's just a little cold and you can have a couple hot toddies tonight to, to help that go away. That's that's my prayer for you. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yes, thank you for powering through. Uh, we got a big game, obviously, uh, this week as the Rams need to rebound after that tough loss. And it's not going to be easy going against this this Cowboys you know, defensive front and what they are able to do on the offense, specifically in the running game. So we are going to get into all of it here on the Rams skinny, but first shout out to our new partner underdog fantasy. I'm sure you guys have heard of him, but if you haven't, you need to go to the underdog fantasy app or underdog Make sure to use our promo code Rams LAFB, all one word Rams LAFB. They're going to give you a match bonus up to $500. Put in 500 bucks, you get 500 free dollars to play with. Put in 25 bucks, you get 25 dollars free to play with. So, uh, it's super fun. You can do fantasy, best ball, daily fantasy. What I like the best is the pick them. You know, you can pick uh, two to five players of any sport. So, you can combine tonight's Thursday night game, you can combine Rams game players. So, you can do Stafford uh, over under on touchdowns, you can do Justin Herbert over under on yards. Really easy to do, really fun, and a really easy way to win some money. So underdogfantasy.com, underdog fantasy in the App Store or Google Play, and use our promo code RAMSLAFB. Tell them the guys at the Rams Skinny sent you. All right, Skinny. So Cowboys coming off a bye. They were just in L.A. the previous week as yep. they beat the Chargers in prime time 20-17. to 17. And now they get the other L.A. team, but at home – in Jerry world. Let's see if this LA team can fare a little better. What's your expectations kind of of this game before we dive deeper and look at some key matchups? Well, it's a lot like a lot of the other matchups this year where it seems like the Rams are, are can stick in with any team out there, but kind of delving in just below the surface, this does look like a bad matchup uh, for the Rams team. We'll get into kind of some more of the nitty gritty on that, but um, you know, Good defensive front, uh, really good against uh, gap uh, scheme runs, which uh, the Steelers were not last week. Uh, they kind they came in twenty fifth. The Steelers did. Um, the Cowboys team, I think, is uh, fourth uh, best at, uh, against gap scheme runs per EPA. Um, that's coming from the thirty third team over there at SIS Sports Info Solutions. But uh, yeah, it just seems like a, a really tough matchup. But that said, you know. Uh, we never know when they're just going to uncork one against a team like this. Uh, they put everybody on their heads uh, in Seattle in week one, uh, looked really good against San Francisco there in week two, and have kind of hung with uh, some good teams um, all year long. So 
you know, it's this is a this is a hard hard game to kind of uh, pin pin the Rams down. The Rams are just a hard team to pin down in general. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a tough matchup. It's they're they're uh, six and a half point underdogs on the road. Um, one of the largest uh, spreads so far this season for them since they've uh, kind of proven not to be just a, a walkover team. What are your thoughts? Yeah. And it's, you know, 10 a.m. start, which is always, I feel like for whatever reason, kind of tough for West coast teams. Although they had one already in Indianapolis early when they got the win in week four. So hopefully that won't be an issue. Um, quickly, I'd be remiss if I did not give a shout out to coach Sean McVay and his wife, Veronica welcomed baby boy, Jordan, John McVay into the world on Tuesday. So shout out coach. So, you know, we've got an extra teammate here, uh, headed to Dallas and, um, you know, it'll be a, obviously a different feeling for McVeigh on that sideline and not, not that, you know, his baby, I'm sure will be there. I'm sure they won't make the trip this early on, but you, you know, you still have those emotions as you know, your first game as a dad. So, uh, you know, uh, just a little tidbit there, but shout out to the McVeigh family. Everyone seems to be healthy and doing well. So welcome coach to fatherhood. It is uh, definitely the most rewarding thing, even more rewarding than Super Bowls and wins on Sunday. But looking at the game, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, this is what's so hard about this Rams team, right? Is And we talk about it all the time, is they can beat anybody and they can lose to anybody. It's like what Rams team is going to show up. And, and I feel good about this game, even though the matchup is not great, just because of the loss last week and how it ended. Like if they would have came back, won that game against the Steelers, I would have been picking the Cowboys in this. Because it was like, then they're due for their letdown game. That's the way the season's gone, right? Like, a, a nice up high and a nice down low the week after. It's like there's no consistency week to week. So because they had that brutal loss and the way that they did lose with the costly mistakes, costly errors that they uh, inhibited, I think they're going to go out and play a sound game this week in Dallas and, and show that they are a true potential playoff team, that everyone's going to get up high again. Like, oh, the four and four Rams, look at them, watch out. They're going to be great. And then we'll see the next week, maybe a letdown game. So we'll get into it, but I, I don't know. I feel like this is a, a very winnable game for this Rams team, uh, kind of based on the high of coach McVay being a dad and the, the, uh, what went down last week and how they're going to, you know, build upon or learn from that. Win, win for baby, uh, baby McVay there. That's what they're, that's going to be the chant there. Win one for Jordan. <clears throat> um, hey, what we could come up with a name like a nickname like Bebe Vey or something. What's that song? A Bebe That's gonna be hard to say though. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I think Stafford, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, they they're gonna keep you in games offensively, and this defense is uh played um better than expected, um, well in circumstances. Sure. Uh, kept them in games um, in other circumstances. So, yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. Um, and, you know, I think that, you know, one of the one of the matchups that you got to be watching is the secondary that's, you know, without Trevon Diggs and, mm-hmm. you know, some kind of lesser known names uh, playing in the slot. They're also without um, Leighton Vander Esch now who kind of will drop into coverage and 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 cover that slot position and um, so, I mean, I was looking at the depth chart. You got, uh, Deron Bland and Jor- Jordan Lewis, Stefan Gilmore, obviously who everybody knows, uh, Damone Clark there in for lately, Leighton Vander Ash, who actually had a fantastic game. It looks like against, uh, the, the chargers and kind of keeping mm-hmm. Austin Eckler in check. Um, but you know, we've, 
we've talked about Stafford and what a fantastic year he's he's having, but there are some statistics that really um, kind of stand out. I mentioned it on the last show: lack of touchdown passes, just six down, six touchdown passes thrown by Stafford so far this this year. And uh, you know, it also what Cowboys team is going to show up. Is it that early season where they're putting up 30, 40 points a game or the last two weeks where they they've just put up 30 points in two games, 15 points per game against the Chargers, whose defense is not fantastic. And against uh, the the 49ers who um, have a have a really good defense. Um, But, you know, which 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 one of their offenses is going to show up for this game? Um, Yeah. That's but, a great real uh, quick just to, just to jump in. That that's a really good point too, because yeah, the Cowboys have been kind of that Jekyll or Hyde type team as well, just like the just like the Rams in a way. Like they they look really good one weeks, and then they obviously got blown up by the Niners, but then they lose to like Arizona also, or it's like yeah, like they just had like a bad loss there. And you know, Dak is who he is. I think he's a good quarterback. He's definitely not a great quarterback. You know, he's he's going to be serviceable, obviously, but he's not someone that can absolutely or not can't i should say but it's not someone that's regularly going to light it up so yeah i agree just i'll throw it back to you but i just want to jump in because yeah it's a great point like which cowboys team is going to show up especially off a bye you never know yeah yeah and and some of those other uh, stafford statistics that are kind of glaring is also the amount of pressure and sacks that he's taking he's up there in the top five i think in the amount of pressures that he's taking and obviously this cowboys defense is one of the form- most formidable uh, front sevens in the league, Micah Parsons is doing fantastic this year. Once again, Demarcus Lawrence up there as well. Uh, and, you know, <clears throat> you know, I kind of alluded to it earlier about the the running game. It's still kind of a question mark of, you know, what is Daryl Henderson and Ronnie, Ronnie Rivers going to be, or not Ronnie Rivers, but um, I'm blanking on the. Uh, Royce Freeman. Uh, Royce, Freeman. Royce Freeman. Thank you. Uh, yeah. What do they bring into the, bring into the game on, in this uh, in this instance, um, another shocking Stafford statistic, and this is one isn't necessarily on him, but 15 drop passes, which is one of the top, if not the top um, amount of drops so far this year by uh, from a receiving core, I guess. And Pukunakua is out there with five and Cooper Cup had two last week and uh, Kyron Williams had yeah, has had three. So. Um, yeah. you know, 15, 15 drops for Stafford. And those are, those are drive killers, uh, f- for the Rams. So those are just kind of the, the unforced mistakes that the, this Rams team can't make against, uh, specifically the, the Cowboys defense. Cause they're not gonna, they're not gonna allow you a, a second chance. Uh, they're actually a, a fantastic defense across the board, but really good on first and second downs and the Rams offense. That's kind of where they've struggled. They've struggled to set themselves up for a nice easy third and two or even just picking up the the first down you know on second down or whatever and when you set yourself up in that third long situation that's just when Micah Parsons can pin his ears back and just go for the quarterback and that you know if if that kind of if that's kind of game we're heading into no no matter how good Stafford and and those receivers are you're just not going to be able to come away with the win yeah and we've seen this offensive line play as the theme goes better than expected against, you know, vaunted defensive lines. We saw them, you know, hold their own against the Niners. We saw them hold their own against the Eagles. And, you know, there's obviously going to be some pressures and and sacks that do get down, but overall, I think they've played really, you know, well, all things considered. And, you know, they get another big test this weekend and the chargers for, for how porous their offense was, against the Cowboys only scoring 17 points. I think they only had like 240 yards of total offense. So they didn't do a lot right. 
But what they did do right and then what blueprint they gave was keeping Herbert upright until it mattered most in the final drive. And this is what the Rams can't do. And so they were able to protect Herbert in a sense of sacks. There was definitely pressures and hurries that got in there, but um, no sacks on Herbert at all until the final drive when they had to have it. And then you unleash Micah Parsons, Dexter Lawrence, and those guys, and they were able to, you know, get home and, and sack Herbert. And then on the next play, pressure him, and he threw an interception to end the game. So the Rams, and we'll, we'll get a little more granular here, but, you know, the Rams obviously, and you want this in every game, so I know this is going to sound so obvious, but you don't want to be in a situation where it's a one-score game and up to your offense to go down and win it. Not saying that Matthew Stafford is incapable, but that's where this Cowboys defense is great. When they know it's in a passing situation, and they can just pin their ears back and go like you alluded to. Because if they can avoid that, as you want to in every game, but specifically in this one, avoid that, I do think the offensive line can hold their own against this unit because we saw the Chargers do it, and they've, the Chargers' offensive line hasn't been great this year. The Rams' off- offensive line, for, for most statistical categories, has actually been better. Um, and so if they can kind of take that blueprint, move the ball, as you mentioned, not set up third and long where you're allowing that defense to pin their ears back, um, I think we'll see this offense have success, some success and obviously that started the run game so i won't talk a lot about it 30 plus carries let's see it happen again i know they lost i know they lost skinny t but well i wanted, I wanted, to, 30 play. I wanted to ask you about that because uh looking back at the eagles game they didn't run the ball they were looking at that uh ferocious uh front seven and just uh said no well we're gonna avoid that altogether and i think they rushed just somewhere in the teens in the mid 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 to low teens somewhere in there and, uh, you know, they lost that game. I don't, I don't know if you can blame it entirely on the on the lack of r- running there. But uh, what are your thoughts? Do they are they game planning to not run it? Just, you know, take your your bias away. Uh, are they game <laughs> planning not to run against this? Or do you think that they'll they're, they're going to try to attack it a little bit more like they did last week? Very successfully uh, yeah. there for a little while against the Steelers, at least. You know, I, I would think and again, this is not what I'm not or this is what I would do, but I'm not saying it as I would do, but based on what game plans we've seen. And I agree. It seemed like when they, when they were facing big pass rushes, for whatever reason, they went away from the room. You look at the Niners game. When you look at the Eagles game, they kind of were like, all right, we're going to drop back more for whatever reason. And, and maybe try some more shorter stuff. Um, But finally against the Steelers who also have a very good front seven, um, obviously TJ Watt, one of the best in the business and, and others on that defensive line even without Kyron Williams and Ronnie rivers and, you know, Darren Henderson off the couch and Royce Freeman off the practice squad, they actually did commit to the run against that unit and they saw success. So based on that and based on the success rate, I would think McVeigh is thinking we got to do that same thing against this because it gives us that opportunity to keep them on their toes and not put so much pressure on our quarterback in Matthew Stafford. So um, to answer your question, like obviously we'll see and every week seems to be, a flip-flop like one week great they spent to the run the next week they don't so they're on track to not do it based on what they've done all season since they did it last week now they're up for a 15 rush game but considering that the style of defensive play and i know you said you know the steelers obviously much worse against gap schemes versus the cowboys so obviously schematically it's differently um but when you just look at the pass rush arsenal the similarities are there i would think they want to run the ball more to you know take the pressure off of dropping back but who knows at this point, right? Well, I just took a, a quick glance back at the uh, Arizona Arizona Cardinals loss uh, uh, that uh, they handed to Dallas. James Conner went for just under 100 yards, 14 carries. Josh Dobbs, your quarterback, uh, 
uh, ran for 55. Rondell Moore ran for 54 yards. Um, and they had, a, you know, a couple other guys with a couple of carries. So that kind of varied and, and, um, and mysterious way of running just kind of by committee might be a good way to attack this game. Yeah. But, you know, it kind of another uh, side note to the gap scheme thing is the, the Dallas has struggled against zone, zone running games. You know, we saw it specifically against the uh, 49ers who still run the, the zone heavy kind of game. And they struggle against that. And it's, it's just a matter of being multiple. So, uh, you know, the McVay offense last year was so zone run heavy and they just mm-hmm. flipped it. Now they're so gap run heavy. And they still run zone at about half, half, the, half the clip, um, but at a much lower rate compared to the, NF, the rest of the NFL. Um, but just being multiple on offense where you can switch it up you know, yeah. we're not going to we're not going to lean so much onto one thing. We're going to, you know, we're going to attack the defense where where they're weakest instead of just kind of um, doubling down on what they what they what they want to do, which has just been the kind of an overarching theme of of this year, especially and McVay yeah. kind of in general. So I'll be interested to see if um, they are able to kind of employ a extra you know uh kind of get away from their own tendencies and and surprise uh this dallas team a little bit to keep themselves in, in contention on, on offense out of, out of curiosity and you may i don't expect you to know this answer if you do i mean i mean you're obviously know your stuff but in your opinion why do you think the the rams have gone more gap this year do you think it's the philosophy of ryan wendell coming over as the new offensive line coach do you think it's Hey, we got to try something different. It was the style of run that Kyron Williams brings. Like, why do you think just in your personal opinion that they've for all of McVay's years have been so zone heavy and then now they've gone much more gap. Um, Well, I mean, the short answer is that the league started figuring out how to slow down that zone. So it was just kind of the ebbs and flows of the league Mm -hmm. is everything was kind of going towards that Shanahan and McVay system. And then defenses were starting to figure out how to, uh, Combat, combat against that so it, it's kind of like a horizontal um, you know outside zone specifically horizontally um, stretching you versus vertically stretching you and and you know you look at a team like the Chiefs who have started to uh, with like specifically Isaiah Pacheco it's you know we're, we're getting away from uh, a finesse kind of running game into that just kind of like just a um, a uh, a ferocious kind of runner, you know, who's, mm-hmm. you know, just we're, you know, you know, bigger, bigger offensive line. They're just going to punch those holes and, and, and defensive lines were getting lighter so that they could kind of get more horizontal and, and more, yep. more athletic, smaller guys. And now, you know, it's just kind of the ebbs and flows of the season uh, to, to put it shortly. And those, those kinds of runs were working for certain teams last year. And I think that they just picked up on that. And, um, you know, he McVay knew he needed to revamp the running game just because it was not working. Um, mm-hmm. you know, since Todd Gurley, really, even in 2021, um, you know, it, it wasn't the running game that got them to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'll just, we'll just put it that way. And then in 2022, yes. in 2022, it just it, there was nothing, nothing working. So, um, yeah. you know, he's learning. He's learning slowly and, and surely <laughs> that, that this is another uh, tool in the tool belt that he can employ. Um, and you don't need, you don't need an MVP uh, running back to do so. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's yeah. just kind of my quick thoughts. No, a hundred percent. And I think, uh, and this is no knock on 
you know, Kyron Williams or Cam Akers or, or any of those guys, because everyone has a different running style. But, you know, in order, and you mentioned it with Isaiah Pacheco a little bit, is, you know, in order to run the zone, you have to be a really patient runner. And so there's a, it's a different style of back even that can successfully run the zone. Like a Todd Gurley, you have to have great vision and patience. And some backs just want to hit the hole as hard as they can. And and if, if it's not open, they're just going to run people over and still get four or five yards just because they're a power, want to get into it. And as a zone, you can't do that. You know, you think back to um, – Oh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. The old Steelers, not old, but the former Steelers running back that was like so patient, just like, you know, sidestepping, almost just waiting for the hole to open and then hits it. And Le'Veon so that's Bell. kind of the Le'Veon Bell. Thank you. Yeah. I was going to say Ronnie Bell. And I was like, oh, that's a former Bronco. So, <laughs> so that I think is a huge piece of it too. And, you know, real quick on radio, thank you all for hanging out with us. We got to take a quick break. So we'll be back at the bottom of the hour with more LA football talk. So thank you all on the minor 1090. Talk to you all after the break. But continuing on with that thought, uh, I think there was maybe a realization that with the running backs on the roster at the time, still Cam Akers was here, and we didn't see a ton of success with him in zone. And then Kyron Williams, who himself has even said early on, like he needed more patience, like he was trying to hit holes too fast. Well, in the gap, you can do that. You can just hit the hole. It's like you're hit. This is a you know a, a counter play out on the C gap, or this is a dive play up the A gap, and you just hit that gap as fast and quick as you can. So I think it's also personnel wise, based on who's on the offensive line, but also who's your running back and what their skill set, and not trying to fit that round peg in a square hole, um, or I guess square peg in a round hole, uh, in a sense. So maybe that has something to do with it too. If we're just reading between the tea leaves, I don't know. Yeah, no, and and we've we've seen that the that it's been able to work. And I just think that they, you know, McVay just has this thing of like, he finds a tendency and he just wants to keep hitting it. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. I'm interested to see um, how, how the running game is, is uh, deployed against the, the Cowboys. Um, you know, we both are. And, uh, you know, I'm, my guess is that they're, they're going to kind of shrink back and, and try to rely on, um, the receivers, the passing game, um, uh, to try to move the ball more. And, uh, you know, I think that might not be a, the, the wrong answer, but I want to, what I want to see from the Rams team is a robust and, and, uh, explosive offense, regardless of, of how, how they plan to do it. And it just hasn't really manifested itself very many times. And, you know, this, the, the Dallas offense, um, and I don't think it's really the players' faults necessarily. I think it's probably a McCarthy thing. Is it, they haven't been terrifying. It's not the kind of offense that you have to keep off the field necessarily um, mm-hmm. for long stretches of the time. I think if if the Rams are able to get up on them early on, I think that's uh, I think that's probably their their best course of action with this team. If this is if this is like as you were saying, if this is going into the fourth quarter a tight game, I'm leaning, I'm definitely leaning towards um uh Dallas. But if they're able to go uh you know uh into into the second half uh, with an you know 10, 13, 14 point lead, I would feel a lot better about this game. Yeah, um, absolutely. And then you can you know deploy some different things and um 
Yeah. So I, I want to get to the defense before we wrap this up because we haven't talked a ton about that. But the last thing I'll kind of say on offense is really want to see, and we talked about it a few days ago, but really want to see Tutu Atwell more involved in the offensive scheme. I know we just hammered the run game talking about that as, as a necessary, uh, as a necessity for this, but I think having Tutu involved more besides one target is going to open things up as well. And obviously we haven't even seen him like really used in the deep ball game as much. Obviously his touchdown last week was a 35 you know, yarder, but it wasn't necessarily a go route. He kind of did an undercutting because it was an underthrown ball and just went up and got it. So yeah. would love to see him on a couple goes that are using maybe, you know, mesh concept or something using some guys over the middle and then maybe, you know, Cooper cup or, or Nakua on like a deep, post that can pull the safety and then gets him going so i think that's one thing i'd love to see is you know a little more a little more tutu we saw a lot of tutu early and now we're uh fading out tutu so let's let's get him back in here yeah i'd love to see that speed you know where he was in motion he did, he caught that one swing pass that wasn't quite a touchdown um i just want to see kind of more of that kind of thing just because i i like seeing mm-hmm. that full speed as he crosses the line of scrimmage and just how much trouble uh, defenses may or may not have uh, trying to get a hold of that guy at that point. Um, yeah. it's, his, it's his it's his best quality. I mean, it's big reason they drafted him. I would say maybe maybe the the biggest reason they drafted him was just his maybe burner. the only reason. <laughs> maybe the only reason. <laughs> and um, you know, just let's see it. Let's uh, let's see that speed. But uh, yeah, and, no, and you uh, you had mentioned the the Cardinals how they they were able to get the running him going with different, you know, I mean, Rondell Moore's a receiver and he was yeah. what 50 yards rushing or whatever. So I think that's another piece of that too is, you know, doesn't have to be your standard Royce Freeman with 12 carries, Daryl Henderson with nine carries run up the middle, do a few things on the outside. Like let's get back to, you know, I'm, I'm rocking the Bobby tree shirt for a reason. Like let's get some of those into rounds, get two, two in motion going on jet sweeps. Like you mentioned in that Cincinnati game. So some exotic looks from the run game, including two, two, I think would be a, a good thing. And maybe even you throw in a Puka Nakua with his Nike Monarchs, you know, around the end too, with that, you know, 20 mile per hour speed he displayed last week. You never know. Wow. We got up to that, that fast. Huh? That's incredible. I don't know if that's uh, accurate. I saw someone put that on Twitter, but I did not no. fact check it. So no. uh, everyone can call me out if that's incorrect. I have no idea. I, I did what a lot of people do incorrectly and just uh, quote tweet someone without actually <laughs> doing my research. So, but anyway, let's talk defense, shall we? Before we wrap up. Yeah, absolutely. So you look at the Cowboys offense. Obviously they want to run the football. That's, that's what they want to do. Again, the charters kind of gave a, a good blueprint of how to slow this offense down. They finished the game, I believe with just a touch over 300 yards of total offense, but they kept him under hundred yards rushing, which is impressive to do against this team. Um, they were able to get some pressure on Dak Prescott and their receivers never really got, went crazy. Right. Um, they obviously still gave up 250 or so yards through the air. Um, but you know, 20 points, it wasn't like the, an offensive explosion. So, you know, this Rams team, with what they have, like, what do you expect or what do you want to see specifically from whether it's the back, the linebacking group, whether it's the front four, whether it's the back end that you think can really kind of replicate that and slow down Dak, Tony Pollard and company. Yeah. I mean, I think Tony Pollard is really the key uh, for the Cowboys in this game. And um, you know, the chargers held them to just 30 yards rushing, uh, but he caught for 80 yards uh, passing. I, I don't know if he broke a big play. Let me, uh, Double check that. Oh, he had a 60 yard long. So yeah, that's a big, that's a big play yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, so that's a, a, couple of, mi- 
couple of missed tackles over the middle. So that'll do that. Well, and that's, I mean, that's the thing I really wanted to talk about with the Rams defenses. They're now third. They have the third most missed tackles in the league right now. Just mm. the Houston Texans and the Carolina Panthers uh, are ahead of them just by a couple of tack- missed tackles even there. Um, and so that's, that's something that you really got to, you really got to clean up against this game because a guy like Tony Pollard is really going to make you pay as, as the chargers found out a guy like CD lamb. I mean, they're none of these guys are, you know, a Debo Samuel where they're, you know, they're just going to shed blockers or, uh, you know, shed tacklers uh, Mm -hmm. left and right. Um, But uh, they have enough speed and they have enough explosiveness, uh, you know, across the board with their, with their weapons that they can definitely, um, you know, put some yak up on, uh, on the on uh, on the Rams and uh, you know Ernest Jones is I think you know your prime candidate that needs to be the guy that's uh, flying all over the field playing with his hair on fire uh, making these plays but you know you're looking at uh, Michael Hoyt in coverage there you're looking you know um, you're looking at uh, you know some you know Russ Yeast who's you know he's an incredibly hard tackler so I think that you know, he's got to have a big game. Um, so that's that's really what, what you got to clean up is making sure that, you know, they're going to get the ball to Tony Pollard, but making sure that he doesn't uh, squeeze out and pick up an extra first down here or there, keep a drive alive, keep a, a third and long alive because they just couldn't bring him down. Um, so, yeah, what are what's what's your defensive thoughts? Yeah, you mentioned the, the missed tackling. And, you know, on PFF, they're rated 28th with a 37.2 tackling grade overall as a team so it's definitely still somewhat of an issue that we've seen in years past and it's definitely something that can expose them and make them pay against this team uh in uh, inopportune times and so um you know you got to clean that up in whatever way these are professionals uh you know a lot of people will always say you know it's coaching it's coaching i don't necessarily believe that i mean you look at you mentioned Houston's the team below them. I don't think anyone thinks D'Amico Ryan's is a bad defensive coach and doesn't know how to coach guys at a tackle. So I think it's more of, you know, guys being professionals and getting the guys down and, be, and wrapping up, you know, so many players nowadays, and this is starts at the collegiate level and it drives me crazy. Uh, don't use their arms anymore. It's just all diving and just using their shoulders. And there's, it's like, they don't have arms. I just, you got to wrap up. Like that's, that's fundamental football. You learn back in high school. I, I remember chin to far hip wrap up and, and take down, right. That was the, the old slogan. So see more of that, but yeah, I think uh, philosophically, you know, it, it starts up front what they're able to do in the trenches with Aaron Donald and company and, and whether they're able to, you know, get Dak uncomfortable. We know he thought he, we know he throws interceptions. Uh, I think he's on pace to to be on last year's where he led the NFL in interceptions. So um, we know that's certainly something that they can get done if they're able to get pressure in his face. And then on the back end, like what do we see from Akella Witherspoon? And, you know, is, is um, um, Darren Kendrick going to be the guy again who, who really has not had a slew of good, good games as of late? Uh, are they going to make a move to get some other guys more time? And so what does that look like uh, on that back end? So, you know, I think there's there's a lot that they can do that they can – this isn't an offense that scares me. But then again, I thought the defense didn't play terrible last week, but they did give up 24 points to a Steelers offense that has been pretty pretty awful all season long. So um, they just need to say play sound, fundamental football, get some pressure on the quarterback, and, you know, play real man sound on the back end. 
Yeah, this game really could come down to um, turnovers, uh, like you were saying with Dak Prescott. And Stafford's not immune to those as well. Uh, we've definitely yeah. seen some some interceptions from him. Um, and the Rams' defense have have not been uh, turning the, forcing the turnovers. Uh, just five total turnovers so far on the air. So that would be that would be a really great statistic uh, to start boosting up a little bit. Um, and it does start up up front, and it's going to be a, a clash of the titans uh, down there. Uh, Zach Martin, I think, is um, uh, doing a great job this year, and then Aaron, Aaron Donald heading up against him. It's going to be a really good matchup to watch to see um, if Aaron Donald can kind of wreck the game. Um, you know, and he, he obviously, you know, he's getting double teamed and, and triple teamed in, in some instances. So I, I'm not taking anything away from him, but there are some games that he's able to uh, get through and, and, and get to the quarterback and love to see him get a sack on, uh, on Dak Prescott in a, in a big moment uh, end a drive or something like that. And though, you know, I think the, the Rams are always going to play cl- close games this year. I think mm-hmm. everything's going to be narrow. Everything's going to be tight. And that's the kind of thing that could uh, flip, flip a game around, uh, get them some good field position, set them up on offense, that sort of thing. So, <clears throat> yeah, I think um, that, that that's my thoughts on the, on the defense. I, you know, I don't think they're, I think city lamb is really their own, their only big threat in terms of a wide receiver. Tony Pollard got to stop him. Other than that, I think um, you know, just kind of keeping Dak Prescott um, from being able to make big plays outside of the outside of the pocket, and mm-hmm. we, we've talked plenty about the edges, so we don't need to go into into that. Um, you know, we're coming up on this trade deadline, guys. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, a few days away, the thirty first yeah. Halloween, right? So, yep. um, if if they win this game, I'm sure there'll be some conversations and some phone calls made. And if they lose this game, I'm sure there'll also be some phone calls and conversations, uh, but maybe different ones in terms of selling as opposed to buying. But we shall see. That's a conversation for after the game. Let's end it with this score predictions. Skinny T, who are you taking in this one? I'm taking the Cowboys in this one. I apologize out there to uh, the Ramley Rams nation. Um, I'm usually a homer on this one, but I think this is a, this is a tough matchup. As I said, uh, my score prediction, uh, I'm going to say it's going to be uh, 24 uh, Dallas and a uh, 17 points um, by the Rams. We didn't talk about the, the special teams, the kicker, the new kicker well, at all. Oh, I'm getting to that. Oh, I'm getting to that. <laughs> oh, okay. Don't, all you, right. worry. Don't <laughs> yeah. you worry. So all 24, right, 17. So the Cowboys cover, they cover the six and a half point uh, spread <laughs> per you. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to be a homer. Cause as I said, at the top of the show, Sean McVay just had new baby boy, Jordan, John McVay. He's a brand new dad. You get that dad strength in you when you become a new father. You'll feel it soon, skinny T. And there's something about it that electrifies the people around you or maybe makes them thankful they're not a dad. I don't know. Maybe it says different things. But either way, it's going to inspire that Rams locker room. And coming off that tough loss, we've seen week in and week out a different Rams team. And when they come out after a loss, they come back with a big win the following week. I think Lucas Havrisic, the new kicker, signed off the Minnesota Vikings practice squad kicks the game winner. I know I said the Rams don't want to be in that situation down at the end of the game, but it's going to happen. They're going to drive down and Lucas have kids going to kick the game winner. They wouldn't be down. I guess I should say they'll be tied. So a little different scenario because they can still run the football 23, 20 Rams, your winner in Dallas. I love it. 
He's a former former Arizona Wildcat. I think we'll if if he kicks that winner, that'll be the the nickname we'll give him is Wildcat. There, I like that. Like like Wild Thing, but Wildcat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, great. Well, there you go. So, uh, Skinny T's got the Cowboys winning. Got the Rams winning. What do you guys say? Comment below. You can vote on the poll that we have on the show in this article. But thank you all, as always, for hanging out. On the Rams skinny, make sure to head to lafbnetwork.com for all of our Rams coverage all season long. And obviously, if you're watching on YouTube, Ram, or if you're not, go to Rams LAFB YouTube. Hit that like and subscribe button as we're trying to grow that channel as well, plus all of our other team channels you can find there. For Skinny T, I'm Ryan Dyer. Everyone have a blessed weekend. Enjoy the game. We'll talk to you all afterwards, hopefully, with the Rams victory. Talk to you all soon. <laughs>